Hey, you're listening to The Brand Cure. I'm your host, Ashley Chimey, and I'm here to help you embrace your vision, tell your story, and build your one-of-a-kind brand so you can thrive by being you and leave your mark on the world. So today's episode is a little different. Today we're talking about self-care because I think right now we could all use a little extra kindness, not only with others, but also with ourselves. Caring for ourselves the way we each need to be cared for to really fill our cups and sustain our spirits so we can keep climbing and keep showing up for the people we are here to serve. And with that in mind, I invited the wonderful Lee Lester as my guest today. I'll introduce you to Lee in just a minute, but she and I sat down to talk about self-love and self-acceptance and self-encouragement, especially for women and young women who are navigating an uncertain landscape and building their futures on grounds that can sometimes feel a little shaky beneath our feet and find strength and courage within to keep moving forward. So let's go ahead and meet Lee and dive into the conversation. I am so honored to have Lee Lester as my guest today to talk about self-love and self-acceptance and how you can support yourself in the journey of pursuing your dreams and making the impact you are here to make. Lee is a licensed professional counselor intern, as well as a certified facilitator candidate trained in Dr. Brene Brown's Daring Way methodology, which focuses on courage building, shame resilience, and uncovering the power of vulnerability. Lee supports millennial and Gen Z women. She works from a trauma-informed lens, and she's passionate about helping young women who want to live unapologetic, meaningful lives, but who struggle to make meaningful change, which is such a beautiful mission. So Lee, welcome, and I'm so grateful you agreed to join me today. Thank you, Ashley. I am very grateful that I have this opportunity to connect with you again. Yay. I have been so looking forward to this conversation. So as we ease in, I'd love for you to kick us off by sharing a little bit about your mission. So tell us who do you serve and why do you love serving them? Well, it's a long story, but um, my background, my first career was actually working in the public education system as a teacher and a high school counselor. And especially at the high school, you just saw this pattern or recognized this pattern of students feeling overwhelmed or lost or stuck. And really working with that group is what ignited my passion. I think that millennials and Generation Z, that they are facing challenges that are new, challenges that the generations preceding them did not face. We have to realize that The American dream isn't necessarily a reality anymore, that there are less guarantees. A common theme that I hear is, you know, well, my parents feel like they, that I have a better life than they had. So why am I struggling or why do I feel this way when my life is better than, than theirs? And so it's, they just really need to feel heard and need to, um, have feel some empathy for what their unique experiences are. And so I'm just very passionate about 
giving that to them, offering that, serving it up. And I just am passionate about helping people own their magic and their power and realize they're the experts in their own lives and that they're capable and um, helping them have the confidence to go out and embark on what their dreams are. Wow. So first of all, I just have to say that I love your mission. And secondly, what I'm hearing is that young women today are facing a lot of unique challenges. And I know that many, many women in my community are in their 20s. Um, they are graduating from college. They are starting their careers. And the thing that just comes to mind for me that I'm honestly so glad that I didn't have to deal with in my 20s is social media. I was not there. And actually, I'd love to hear you unpack what you see as some of the unique challenges facing young women today. Yes. Um, well, you mentioned one of the biggest ones, which is, of course, is social media. So again, older generations didn't have their lives broadcast for the world to see. Um, social media breeds comparison. And so you it, it affects self-worth. You know, all of the research on social media just, prove that it makes people feel worse about themselves. But at the same time, um, it's a way to connect and people are drawn to it. And it's not going anywhere. That's something else we have to accept. It's not going anywhere. So we just have to help people learn how to use it in a more productive way. Um, I think we have a, an economy that's unstable. So our people are graduating without any drop job prospects. And when you think about previous generations, people were on jobs for, you know, their entire career until retirement. The research now shows that people who are graduating will have, I think, eight jobs in the first five years. Um, So there's just, again, that, that uncertainty. I think about the earth and all of what's going on as far as taking care of our environment. That's another thing that a lot of Generation Z and millennials speak of. They're very passionate about that. Um, you'll find, well, what I find is that a lot of millennials and Generation Z are just very passionate about a lot of things that might fall under social justice, right? So they're actually very feeling. They get a bad rap. I feel like these generations get a bad rap. We call them lots of things, but we have never... Yeah stop to think of what we've created for them, the reality that we've created for them. Yeah. But to, that's a few, just to, just to name some common themes that I see with my client. Yes, those all 100% make sense. And carrying that weight, I imagine, um, just on a mental level is, is pretty heavy a lot for a lot of younger women, just young people in general. Yes. Absolutely. And that's another thing. The role of the woman continues to evolve. And it's been a long evolution. Um, But again, as women now, our lives and our trajectories look different than than our mothers. Um, When you think about our mothers, they still, they were evolving in the career role, but the home role still looked the same. Whereas our generation, the home role is changing as well. The prospects of marriage and having kids, you know, realizing that it doesn't have to look one way, um, that there are options. And I think that's something else that a lot of a millennial and Generation Z women are 
working through um, owning what they want that to look like, but also having to deal with the judgment of wanting something different. Right, right. And I know that more women than ever are choosing what they really want, right? They're starting that business. They're taking that office. They're stepping up into that leadership role. And so, yeah, I, I totally see your point that the, the role of the woman is evolving. And in many ways, we're in new territory. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing from you that young women are starting to face some really unique challenges, whether they are in school or entering the workforce or starting a business. It's just a lot to navigate. And I also want to be mindful that some women are carrying additional burdens, right? Black women and women of color face added challenges on top of everything else. And I wonder if you could speak to that for us, either from your own personal experience or from your work supporting your clients. Absolutely. Um, I just want to first say that I can't speak for all Black women. I can definitely speak to my experience. I think all of our experiences are unique, but in general, I think that Black women feel that we have to be strong. Um, I think that an expectation that we have carried for years, matriarchs are, are very big in the Black culture. And I think that carrying that weight of needing to be strong all the time, it's a very heavy burden. And needing to be strong or feeling that we need to be strong that we get stereotyped as being angry or other things like that when really, again, we're carrying the stories and burdens that have been placed on us. And it's not that that Black women are angry, it's that they're tired. I think that's a, a better way to put it. And I think a lot of Black women feel silenced because of that fear of being labeled as angry. Um, I know for me personally, I have felt like a token, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I have, in some ways, I guess, I don't know if assimilated is the best word, but I learned what I needed to do to be successful in this world. Right. And a lot, and that meant a lot of maybe conforming or denying pieces of myself. And that, open door for me from the outside looking in I've been very successful I've had a great career trajectory um I graduated from a top university in the country I have this a family you know I'm married I have children we have a house in the suburbs but even that tokenism is a burden because in some ways, you're you're de- you're not being true to yourself. You're not being your full authentic self. You're denying pieces of yourself, and I think a lot of um, black women feel pressured to do that as well. Even when it comes down to things like our hair, you read about that. There are so many rules or systems in place that tell you that how how it's okay to wear your hair, and that maybe not intentionally, but unjustly discriminates against black women who want to present themselves in a more natural state for them. Again, we're, it's, it's just, it's really difficult to navigate being true to yourself while not compromising your opportunities. It's almost as if you can be targeted or you can be um, given less opportunity. And 
for for presenting as who you are and and that's that's scary and 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 difficult to navigate uh well i just first of all so appreciate you sharing your experience so candidly with us and secondly I'm just reminded that as much as I talk about showing up as your authentic self and embracing who you are, I need to be very mindful and not just mindful, but also clear with my community that there is a very real extra layer of pressure and set of obstacles built into doing that for Black women because of the discrimination that's just baked into our society and our systems. So I just want to thank you for shedding light on that for us. Thank you. It's definitely been a journey. And I'm in my late 30s as, um, myself. It's been a journey to decide that I wanted to live outside of the system because that's a risk. So it's hard when the same system that oppresses you is also the system that you feel most secure in right because I mean we we have to you know I have to have a salary I have to feed my children I have to keep a roof over my head so it's it's I think it's also remembering it's the system um it's not the people we we have to change things at a systemic level yes I could not agree more So Lee, now that we've unpacked some of the unique challenges facing women and young women in this chapter, let's talk a little bit about what we can do to support ourselves and be an encouragement to ourselves. So can you tell us a little bit about your philosophy, your perspective, your experience, and why self-love and self-acceptance are so important for young women in their careers, whether they're building a business or they are getting their first job as they pursue their dreams and their passions? How can women support themselves and why is that important? Um, I feel that so much starts at acceptance. I think that peace is found there. I think that growth begins there. I think that healing begins with accepting what is, accepting who you are, accepting your current situation. And understanding that acceptance doesn't mean settling or um, plateauing. It means, again, it's just a starting place. Um, And I find that that's where confidence begins because most people who are confident, they accept who they are, right? There are still people judging them um, for the choices they make or for the things they do, but they are okay with who they are. But again, when you think about acceptance, I like to talk, I don't I may be going left here, but I would kind of like to talk about the brain here because it's an amazing organ. The brain likes what's familiar. Over time, we have learned that what's familiar keeps us safe. Um, I think another important point is to remember the brain's purpose is to keep us alive, right? It's to keep us safe. It's not to keep us happy. It's to keep us Mm. safe. And what's familiar in the past has kept us safe. When you were embarking on something new that was risky, then your survival might have been at risk. And even though that looks different now, 
that's still how the brain perceives change. So when we're trying to change or accept where we are or change our thoughts, we have to rewire the brain, which is possible. We can we can change it. And this is where things like affirmations and mantras come into play. I know for some people, they feel awkward. I hear a lot of people say things like, well, I don't believe them. I don't believe them. It's okay that you don't believe it right now. You have to commit to it. And so that your brain will, that will become what's familiar and safe for your brain instead of your current thoughts and your current feelings. So things like when you hear people talking about um, future self journaling, or um, I know that's really popular with people like Rachel Hollis um, and um, Marie Forleo, you know, writing to your future self and writing out your dreams. The science behind that is that you are rewiring your brain to see possibility and to believe something different. And so, again, affirmations, mantras, those small, simple things, because I also think it's important to begin small. When people go after something that's too big to start with, then you're more likely to have a sip at I think it's important to start with one small thing and build from there. But another thing that um, I don't think we give enough credence to is community, because that's another thing that has led to our survival as a species. A person was more likely to survive in a group than alone. We're wired for community. We're wired to need people. That's how we thrive. And I think that's something else that is different about current society. We don't have true connection, right? We have this connection through social media and and things of that nature. But the true connection of needing people and collaborating with people and working with each other, we've kind of gotten away from that. We're more of an individualistic society now. And so I really try to encourage people to, you don't need a lot of people, right? Two or three people is enough, but having a true community of people who will hear you, who see you, who are there to hold you um, is, I think, very life changing for people who are lacking in confidence and things of that nature, too. Beautiful. Wow. I have taken all of the notes (laughs) while you were talking. (laughs) So many gems. And what I love about all of the the suggestions that you shared and the techniques that you shared is that they're all so easy to do, right? They're, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, that you mentioned the awkwardness, right, of repeating an affirmation that, that maybe you are not fully believing yet. Um, I happen to love affirmations. I don't care if I don't believe it. I just, it feels good to say it. Um, mm-hmm. But they're all free. They're all easy to do. It's connecting with others. It's you know, managing your self-talk and practicing positive self-talk and just understanding how your brain works. I think, uh, I think that has been a game changer for me learning just a little bit about how our brains work and how we can rewire them. As you said, yes. you mentioned something that I thought was really profound. And that was that people who are confident, it's not about other people viewing them differently, right? It's about them viewing themselves differently and accepting themselves um, I think that so often we look outside of ourselves for confidence, but you hit the nail on the head. It's, it really comes from within. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it takes practice, right? That's a big thing that I try to drive home with clients, but this is all a process and it's a lifelong process that you have to commit to. It gets easier, but you may always feel vulnerable about it or, you know, there may always be a little bit of, oh, should I, or maybe not, but it's just something you have to commit to. And like I said, it just gets easier. Yes. I wish that I could tell my younger self that. (laughs) I wish I could tell her, hey, the fear is not going to go away. You're still Mm going to be afraid of people judging you. You're still going to be afraid of messing up, but you just kind of get used to it. And the voice in your head that's telling you, hey, you can figure this out. You can do this. You can work through whatever challenges in front of you. You just let it be a little bit louder and it only has to be a little bit louder for you to move forward. So I love that, that observation that it doesn't really go away because we're human, right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned vulnerability somewhere in the mix of us, of us chatting just now. And I actually would love to ask you because you uh, are certified in Dr. Brene Brown's methodology, and she has talked about the vulnerability hangover. um, At least that's where I heard it first mentioned. Could you talk a little bit about that, especially because so many members of my community are getting online, they're sharing their perspectives, they're creating content, they're putting themselves out there. And that takes a lot of courageous action, right? And what I found, especially in my first few months in my my first year of business is that every time I did a live video, every time I shared something on social media, I just felt so uncomfortable for a few hours, or maybe even a couple of days after that. So could you talk a little bit about what that is, the vulnerability hangover, and how to recognize it, and I guess kind of what to do about it if there really is anything to do. The way I view um, a vulnerability hangover is it happens after you have done something vulnerable. So you have put yourself out there in a way. Um, You've shown some courage and done something that was scary and might be risky, and now you feel you still feel that that fear, right? Because you don't quite know yet how it will be received. You mm-hmm. don't quite know yet um, if you're going to be judged. You don't. You just are not in control, really. In a right. vulnerability hangover, things are out of your control. You've put yourself out there, and now you have to wait to see what happens. It is very real. I feel it often. <laughs> Because it can I'm not the only one. <laughs> yes, yes. Because sometimes it can feel like regret, um, and so, and mm-hmm. it's worth it. I'll say that um, the hangover gets gets a little less each time for me. Well, depending on how new of a of the situation it is, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's ways to work through it, and I think some of it is self talk. Right. Um, so compassion is a big thing for me, showing ourselves compassion, because so often we're our own worst critic. We think the worst case scenario. And the way I like to encourage people to practice self-compassion is to talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. So if your friend had just gone through the same experience of being very vulnerable and was now like, oh, my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know what's going to happen. What would you say to that friend? And those are the same things you need to tell yourself. And so it's encouraging yourself 
and loving yourself through a hard time. Because like you just mentioned, we're human. We're human. And we're not in control as much as we want to be. And sometimes we will fail or things won't go the way we want them to. But we still have to love ourselves through that and celebrate the fact that we tried, right? Because that's the beauty. The beauty's in the lesson and the beauty's in the courage that we have shown in putting ourselves out there. So um, again, I think the compassion is a big one. Another thing I think is important is remembering your why. Why did you share that moment? Why did you do that vulnerable thing? Um, I think going back to your why is important in so many different areas of life. But in that way, you're remembering that really you're being true to yourself, right? You are honoring some authentic need. And I think it can be powerful to remember that why when you're feeling, I don't know, that that fear or that anxiety about sharing. And then the last one I would say is just to associate that with growth, right? Um, growth is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and it's risky and it's scary. So it, it kind of goes to that, I guess, speaking back to your self-talk, recognizing this was hard, but I can do hard things. And this means that I'm growing. I love that so much you are not in control <laughs> mm-hmm. as being kind of one of the triggers for feeling that, that anxiety, feeling those feelings of, is this regret? Is this, should I have done this? And kind of releasing that control and recognizing that when you're in the growth zone, when you're taking new action, it's just going to feel uncomfortable and that's okay. It is okay. Which goes back to that acceptance piece that I was speaking on earlier. The, um, when, we, when we can accept what is, and, and, and accept that it's okay, right? It's okay what you're feeling. It's okay what you're experiencing. All of that is valid. It makes it easier to move through it instead of sitting in it. Yes, yes. So I would love to hear a little about your journey and how you have grown as a practitioner, as a clinician in your journey and your career. So kind of looking back on who you were when you started, how are mm-hmm. you the same? I'm sure that you're the same in some ways. And how has this journey, how has this process changed you? Um, it's a great question. It's definitely been a long journey. I grew up mostly being a perfectionist, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure made, that many of the listeners can relate to that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, with being a perfectionist, there was this fear of failure. So I always did what was safe. Like I mentioned before, I checked a lot of boxes. I did all the things that I was supposed to do. And again, from the outside looking in, it it, it all looked great. But I was still very unfulfilled and I was very conflicted because I also felt like, why am I feeling this way? I've done these things, right? But it's also, I had to learn that my work and, I, and this is a huge one for most people that your worth is not found outside of you. Your worth is only, it's innate, right? It's innate to each of us for simply being. And so unlearning that perfectionism was probably one of the, and I'm still in, I'm, I'm still a recovering perfectionist. Let me be very transparent here. But recognizing that and unlearning that has probably been one of the most significant changes. 
because it allowed me to be, to look at failure differently and to accept more risk because, and, and in that I've grown. Because again, when we, when you put yourself out there and uh, Brene Brown talks about this and rising strong, you're going to fail. There, there's no way around it. And it may not be a huge failure, right? But it's inevitable. You know, it, it's going to happen. What matters is, <laughs> yes, it is. What matters is how you react to that failure. How, how do you rise again? How do you get up and fail better next time? It's very much been a long working process. I like to tell people that therapists go to therapy, right? Um, I've mm-hmm. had to do my own work and I continue to do my own work. but. At some point, I, I'll tell you what really changed the trajectory for me is loss. Um, I've experienced two very close, um, losses in my life. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up. And, um, it, it, it makes you rethink your mortality, right? Realizing that I didn't want to live with regret and that I was limiting myself. I wasn't being true to myself. And it, it still took some time to just really say or gather the courage to do. I, I, I made baby steps along the way. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll say that. I've made baby steps and growing. But to just finally step up and, and make big changes it took time and that's what I like to encourage people is to trust the process right we want to rush everything we want instant gratification but that's just not how it always works and so I've had to build my capacity for courage I have had to build up you know not being continue to work on being a perfectionist continue to work on feeling like I had to prove myself Um, I had to work on performing but you know that's tiring and it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable living that way. And so really what I've learned is what I preach to accept who you are, to trust the process, to make baby, to make small steps, just small steps in pursuit of your goal, to trust yourself, right? To trust that you know what's best for you to trust that you know your needs, you know your wants, you know all of that better than than anyone else, right? The world is going to tell you what you need to do, what you should be doing, but truly you are the expert of your life. And trusting that there's a different way. And I'll say that that's been a positive for social media uh, for me is seeing that there's a different way because I think for a lot of people, they didn't, all we knew is what we were taught and what we were told. And so I think it's so important for women to put themselves out there and show what they're doing and how they're being successful and show the true struggle because there's community in that. And I believe that when people show their courage, they help other people to be more courageous. Yes. Yes. I feel like every time I ask you a question, every time you open your mouth, just so much wisdom pours out. <laughs> I, just have to, I just have to stop and admire you for that because so much of what you are sharing, it sounds so simple, but it's so profound. And one theme that I, I keep hearing is releasing control. And I think especially early in my journey, control was an overarching theme. And and even before that, it was 
you know, the recovering perfectionism, like I was so deep in that and I felt like I needed to control every little thing. And we just keep coming back to this theme of you have to be okay with your emotions being what they are. You have to be okay with messing up. You have to be okay with letting things be outside of your control and accepting that the process is just going to unfold the way it's going to unfold and it's going to be messy and that's okay. And you can't keep it in a nice little box because that's just not the way that growth happens. It's not the way that progress happens. Um, so I just want to reflect that back and, and just appreciate everything that you've shared with us so far today. Thank you. This is a very vulnerable process for me, just even you know sitting in on this interview. But again, it was something that I had to work through and determine, okay, it's like this is important to share because like I just mentioned, I think it's I think other women need to know that it can be done, that it's possible, and that, you know, we're really all in this together. Yes. And remembering your why and why you showed up today and why I scheduled this interview, like both of us remembering our why for this conversation, I think you're right, is going to be a rock that we can hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. So Lee, if someone read a biography of your life and career 100 years from now, what do you hope that they would read? That's such a great question for reflection. It's like a million dollar question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I I think for right now, because, you know, um, things could change. But right now, I, I think I want people to read that I was true to myself and and that in being true to myself, I was a better person. I was a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better therapist. Um, And also in being true to myself, I helped others do the same. So speaking of vulnerability again, I would actually love to ask you, and I have been asking all of my guests this, what is one growth area for you right now? One area where you are working on expanding your comfort zone because so many of my listeners, so many members of my community, myself, we are all in the process of expanding our comfort zones. And I think seeing models of how that's done and how that can be done in a healthy way can be really powerful. So I'd love to know what area you're expanding into and what does that process look like for you? There's quite a few, but one that I was just speaking to um, with a friend was getting comfortable being seen. Mm -hmm. Again, I think that's another commonality with women. We are kind of brought up to shrink ourselves and to live very small. And um, I've done that most of my life. But embarking on my new journey, it required me to put myself out there. And so I've had to sit with really what was the fear there? What was I scared of? And I'm scared and hesitant to be seen because then I can be judged. Mm. And so that was the real fear, the fear of, of judgment. So then working through the, well, what's the worst case scenario? You know, the people who 
might be judging me are usually are, are likely not even going to be people I know, but you know, it then, you know, you think about being judged that that means that, Oh, that I possible, I'm not good enough or, you know, just going down and acknowledging everything I was really feeling. It wasn't just, it's not just a fear of being seen. There's a lot driving that fear of being seen. And so really allowing myself to explore that it's hard to explore that, right? Those feelings of not being enough feelings of being judged and where those come from. But again, in in exploring that and coming back to my why, my, my why it's helped me, it's helped me build that courage to do it anyway, Um, to do it scared. That's the way I like to to put it. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing it scared. But yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest growth areas right now because I'm having to be seen in different arenas, in different ways. I give the example of my Instagram page. I set up my Instagram page and didn't post anything for 362 days because I was scared. I was so scared <laughs> to to make a post on Instagram. So just just starting with the baby steps and and just doing a little bit more every day, every week. Uh, I have to give you, I just have to do a plug for your Instagram account because I have been just soaking up all of your content (laughs) for the past several weeks. It is just so eye-opening, so beautiful, so simple, so, so powerful. And I just have to appreciate that and, and, uh, and encourage, you know, anyone who's listening, who's looking for inspiration around, you know, self-acceptance and, being compassionate towards yourself and others and, um, and, you know, treating yourself more kindly, go check out Lee's Instagram page because she is just creating such beautiful content around those topics. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, and that was part of it too, with going back to the why, like, who am I to take all these things I'm learning and keep them to myself, right? Like we're, we're all put here to serve in some capacity. So let me serve. So I would love to know, if you don't mind me asking, if you could give some advice to your younger self at the start of your journey, if you could reach back in time and tell her something that that she needed to know or that it would have made a difference for her, what would it be? One important thing that the younger Lee needed to know is that she didn't need to prove herself, that I was capable, that I was worthy, again, just as I was, that I didn't have to be perfect, that I didn't have to, I don't know, try so hard or dishonor my own wants and needs to be good, right? I really think she needed to know that, that I did not have to prove myself. I love that. And you mentioned a few minutes ago that your worth is innate. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that anyone can give you. It's not something that someone hands you on a stage when you do something that's worth celebrating. It's just part of who you are as a person or as a woman. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lee, I just want to keep you on the phone talking all day, but I know that we need to wrap this up. So Tell us a little bit about where people can find you and how they can learn more from you. 
Um, well, you can find me on my website, which is www.leelester.com. Um, my Lee is spelled L-E-A, but pronounced Lee. So again, it's leelester.com. And um, on Instagram at Therapy with Lee, I share a lot there. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us, for sharing your story with us, for being vulnerable with us. And uh, I have no doubt that there are going to be listeners who take away so much um, new insight and new perspective on how they can love themselves better and accept themselves more and uh, take courageous action in their lives. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. I just want to add, I mean, I'm so grateful for you having me, but um, this opportunity just comes full circle because you and I connected when I first took, took the first baby step to thinking through the possibility of honoring what I really wanted for my life. And you were so supportive and you really helped me flesh out a lot of ideas and you have continued to be so encouraging. And so you're, you're a beautiful, beautiful part of my story. I don't know if you know that, but when um, we connected Right at the moment, I was thinking, I've got to do something different. I've got to make some change. And, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for you. You just brought tears to my eyes because I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you so much, Lee. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you. And I'm so glad that our paths crossed in this great big world. Well, friend, maybe you are a millennial or Gen Z woman, and maybe you're not. But either way, I hope you found comfort and fresh insight from my chat with Lee about the very real challenges we're all facing right now and some simple techniques and strategies to help you care for yourself in the season you're in. Remember that if you are going through a period of change and growth and pursuing your dreams, you need to make self-love and compassion a priority. Through the ups and downs, you will go so much further when you're able to support yourself through it, when you take little baby steps, as Lee says, to expand your capacity for courage. I hope today's episode put a smile on your face, and if you'd like to put one on mine, be sure to subscribe and leave a review sharing your experience with the show. I would love to know that you're getting something out of what I'm sharing. Be well, my friend, and I'll see you next time.